Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives you hope that a new life in Jesus is possible for you. We appreciate you, and thank you for listening. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3. The worship team's going to come back and, and close out with one more worship song here at the end, and I want us to take a moment to just pray and reflect on what God is saying to us through the Word and what He's saying to you this morning. We did that in the 930 service, and man, God really spoke to us at the 930 service, and we want to give you that invitation as well. So Daniel chapter 3, we're starting this unshaken series. Do you remember when in the Bible where Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan has a desire. He wants you, and he wants to sift you. He wants to shake you as wheat. He wants to just tear you apart. Anyone in this building today or online, anyone ever felt like the enemy was just attacking in a way that you felt like you were pulled apart or were just tossed back and forth shaken? Come on, have you, have you ever went through seasons like that, right? Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have some of those and you're going to have some things that are going to kind of try to rock your world and rock your faith, if you will. But I believe that God can put us in those kinds of situations and even in a culture that is shifting uh, can, can make us stand firm. I'm not going to say we're not going to have doubts or be discouraged. We will. But we can be unshaken no matter what we, we are faced with. How many believe that? How many, how many believe God? Come on, God is with us and will help us be stable even when our world is being rocked. So this message, unshaken, kind of goes back to the series that we started of Babylon. And I'm going to take you back to Daniel chapter 3. Uh, actually pick up where we left off and just look at this a little bit different perspective uh, from the perspective of our faith, our trust in God, and that God wants to help us through times that we're being challenged. Daniel chapter 3 here, uh, we find these three Hebrew friends. This is the, this is the famous Shadrach, Meshach, and Nabisco. I'm just checking to see if you're paying attention. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this is the fiery furnace, and this is the story, and there are many things that God wants to say to us through this today. This is where they were selected to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. I remind you that King Nebuchadnezzar was, an, was not a godly man. He was an ungodly man. It was not the culture that God gave the Jewish people. They were actually taken, taken captive, brought to Babylon, and these three guys, and these were really, really young men, by the way. I mean, these guys were just barely out of their teenage years, if even that. And God used these. How many 17-year-olds do we have in the house? Come on, lift your hand, 17. All right, got a couple of ladies over there. Mickey, click, you're not 17 years old. <laughs> 17 plus a lot of tax. <laughs> Um, how many 18-year-olds do we have? 18. All right, good, 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 good. How many graduates we got going on? Anybody graduating this year? Can we hear it for the graduates? Woo! How many 20-year-olds? How many 20? How many are you in your 20s? Come on, let me see your 20s, all the 20s, all right? All right, got several of you. These guys, can you imagine being in a, a foreign country? Everything that you've been taught about having faith in God and worship now you're being challenged on every side. And your whole world's being rocked. And these guys, you got to give it to these guys how they took a bold, confident stand. 
Even though they were threatened with their life, they were not going to bow. So let's pick up this. So what if God, now I, I mentioned in the Babylon series that these guys were being trained and part of it was to strip them of their identity. But let me give you a different perspective. What if God was allowing them to go through the training knowing the language, knowing the culture, so that at a key moment that God could use them to speak to their hearts because they knew how to talk to them. Now that's what we do with missionaries in the Assemblies of God. Before we send missionaries overseas, they'll spend one, two, three years in training to learn the language and the culture before they're sent to these different places so they'll know how to talk, how to communicate the gospel of Christ and not offend people or not or connect to them, know how to speak to their hearts. What if God was allowing these three, these three young men to learn the language and learn the culture, not to compromise, but to give them wisdom and insight and knowing how to reach the heart? What if God was placing you in key places, in strategic places, in, in, in the marketplace, in the business world, corporate world, and in the place that you work, in your communities, what if God was placing you in a place where you could communicate the message in Christ, the message of Christ, the good news, in a way that connected to people's hearts? I believe he is. I want you to think about this. And when we do, when we understand our mission, this is an incredible story of look what happens when people take a stand for God in the right way that people begin to turn to God. And that's what's going to happen in our day. How many believe that? Amen? Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, Nebuchadnezzar erects this 90-foot statue, an image of himself. Can you imagine making a, an image of yourself and telling people to bow down and worship it, right? Well, that's what this guy does. 90 feet high, 9 feet wide, a statue of himself, and everyone, when they heard the sound and heard the music, they were supposed to fall down and worship but I want, you to, I want you to pay close attention in these texts of where it talks about images and sounds. And I want you to understand that culture will try to impact you by images and sounds. So pay close attention to what you're seeing, what you're seeing with your eyes, and what you're listening to, because culture will try its best to impact you with images and sounds. And we know that our day and our time, images and sounds have dramatically increased. It used to be just annoying commercials, and now we have commercials in front of us all the time. We have social media. We have things in front of our face, devices that we can't get away from. We're addicted to them almost because we have these images and sounds. And they're, don't think for a moment that they're not impacting our hearts. They are. So be careful. Number one, I want you to see that we can be unshaken by challenges. Will you say that with me? Unshaken by challenges. In Daniel chapter 3, let's read verses 8 through 12. It said, at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. Here comes the challenge. They denounced the Jews. And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither. I like saying that. Can you say that with me? Say zither. I don't know what kind of instrument that is. Zither. The zither, and the liar. Someone shout, shout liar. Don't point fingers. This is an instrument, all right? Liar. A liar. And the harp and the pipe 
and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. He, he gave them a promotion and put them over parts of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty, and they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. What the king was asking, we know, was irrational. But he was asking people to fall down, when they heard the sound, fall down and worship this image. And couldn't they just, why couldn't they? Now think about this. Why couldn't they just bow down? Because the thing is, if they didn't bow down, they're going to be thrown, they're going to roast, right? They're going to throw it into a furnace and, and burn. Now no one wants to roast. But why couldn't these guys bow down and quote Psalms 32 and just say, hey God, I'm bowing down, but I'm really focused on you because I don't want to burn. And in my heart, I'm not worshiping this image or this idol. I'm really just quoting scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No one probably would have faulted them for believing that or understanding or that or at least trying that. But there's an issue in their heart. There's an issue and there's a deep conviction that they have here. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I don't know if anyone, it would make sense, they could act like they're bowing down and worshiping, but actually in their heart they're not. They're refusing to bow down. No one would fault them for choosing to do what they had to do to save their own skin to, in order to survive. But let me write this down. When we are faced with challenges, catch this, our character, our priorities, and where we generally place our trust are revealed. When you're being squeezed, when you're being pressured, when you're being tempted to compromise, when you're being tempted, it's going to really show what we truly believe, what we truly live, how we live our life, what we truly worship, what is priority to us. When, when I'm devastated by loss, when I am financially challenged, when I have sickness, even facing death, career challenges, confused, isolated, maybe relationship struggles that we're having. When we're left all alone, there's no friends, there's no support system. These are the moments that we're going to be challenged to really know what do we truly believe. Where is the bedrock of our faith? What's the very core inside of us? This is where the challenges come. What are my comments? What are my conversations that I'm having? What kind of social media posts do I post when I'm having not just a bad day, I'm having a bad three, four months? When everything is turned upside down, what, what is happening? What conversations am I having? When challenges come, I want you to understand this, when challenges come, opportunities to compromise will come. I want you to write down number two is unshaken. These men were unshaken by compromise. In verse 13 through 15, with furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now when you hear the sound, he's going to give them a second chance. 
when you hear the sound of all these instruments and the music plays, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, then very good. It is going to go well with you. But here's the threat. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into this blazing furnace. And then, now here's the challenge. Then, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Bowing down and worshiping other gods, here's what they believed, would be breaking one of the Ten Commandments. God had told them to not set up any graven image and you do not bow down and worship it. And so where it looks like in our day, fast forward centuries, years, thousands of years forward, we may not understand why couldn't they just fake it. But let me tell you something. These guys understood the Ten Commandments and what God had said is that you do not make any graven image and you don't worship anything, only the Lord your God. And that meant something to them. I wonder, be careful of the compromises that we put, the small compromises in our life, because they will open up the door for greater compromises. And before you know it, before you know it, your heart is moved away from God. Have some convictions in your life that keep you on track with the love of God for you. Because it's the convictions of your life, the convictions that God gives you will keep you on track. It's like guardrails that keep you in the, in the moment and in the life that God wants you, in the direction that God wants you to go in. When we begin to compromise in certain areas, it opens the door for our hearts to go astray. And you, all, all you have to do is go back through the Old Testament and read where, where his people time and time again moved away from what God had for them and they, they faced trouble because of it. What are they standing for? They're not standing for just I'm not going to bow to an image. They're standing for a God that they love and a God who loves them. Can I ask you the question, what are we standing for? And these guys didn't just go around saying this is, I don't agree with this or this is what we're against. You know what they did? They began to show and display the world what they were for. I would that the body of Christ would put what we're against away and just simply, let's show the world what we're for and not always what we're against. That alone will put you in a position that you're going to have to take a stand for something. But the world can't hear us because all we're doing is telling them what we're not for and what we're against. And I'm telling you, the light of Jesus Christ would shine brighter through us if we would just take a stand for what we're for. Come on. What are we for? What, what, what do I believe in? Well, I'm going to tell you this. I believe in God. And I believe that God loves me. And I believe that God loves the world. That Come on, he doesn't want the world to perish. And I will go and face a furnace, come on, a fiery furnace if I have to, in order for that message to go out to the world. The greatest testimony, write this down, the greatest testimony that you can give to the people around you is to show them the God you serve. What God do you serve? What God are you serving? Are you serving the God of self? Graven images? that are 90 foot tall do not relate to us today. 
But don't think for a moment that we're not tempted to worship and fall down at gods today that have tried to exalt themselves above, come on, the Almighty God. And we have to discern what are those gods that are trying to exalt itself higher than God. We are not standing in a culture to show them what we're against. We're standing in a culture to say, this is why I live my life, because I love God. This is why I have certain priorities in my life because I follow God. Don't give up on your Bible reading. Don't slip. Don't, don't put it off. Have a conviction that it is important to me that we read our Bibles because this is how God communicates to us. Don't let pray, your prayer life slip. Don't let it come second or third or fourth place. Put a priority in your life to say prayer is a conviction of mine because it's my communication to God. Are you with me this morning? So I'm going into number three, and that is unshaken in conviction. Will you say that with me? Unshaken in conviction. Verses 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I, I love this part because they were very respectful. They called him by king. They didn't tell him, say, you, you, evil person you, you evil king, you derelict, you, we're not going to bow down to your image. They weren't, you know, they didn't go all redneck on the guy. They just very respectful, honorable, we, sir, king, we don't need to answer to you. In a very respectful way, they're taking a stand because of their conviction. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, now here's what I love about this. Here's their message. King, you may throw us in a blazing or a fiery furnace, but the God we serve is able. Don't you love that? Hear the conviction in their voice? They truly believe that God is gonna be with them through this furnace. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But in verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Isn't that powerful? I want you to understand this. Look what they said. The God we serve was their statement. Not, they didn't say the God that we believe. And there are many people, there are many people challenged, going through challenges, and their convictions are being challenged because they stand firm on the God I believe, but they fail to say they failed to have that conviction, conviction to go a little bit deeper to say, it's not just the God I believe in, but it's the God that I serve. Jesus said, even the devils believe, even the devils believe, but they're not saved. It's not good enough, good enough for us guys to just believe. Do we serve God? Do we serve him? And is that what's driving us to live our lives and allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through us to the people around us? Listen, people are street smart. They're going to truly know that you don't believe or you do believe by just looking at your life and watching your life. I'm telling you again, the greatest thing that you could do is to live your life, come on, by showing them the God that you serve. Can I hear a big amen this morning? I believe. He said, I believe that God is able. How many believe this morning that God is able? Listen, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what challenges you have. But can we make that statement with these three guys that God is still able, come on, to perform miracles and breakthroughs in our lives? 
Come on, church, do we still believe that God is able? He sits on the throne and the earth, come on, is his footstool. And that God is able. Do you believe that God is still able to heal the sick? Do you believe that God is still able to heal? Come on, and give deliverance from those who are bound. We believe that God is able. Someone shout it with me. God is able. He's able. But here's the catch. The God that I serve not only is not able, he's able. But I don't have faith in a God only because he's able. I don't only have faith because God can do miracles. I don't have faith in miracles. I have faith in God. I don't have faith in breakthroughs. I have faith in God. I don't have faith in the outcome. I have faith in God. Are you with me this morning? There's a big difference in having faith and only serving God because he's performing. But just as soon as you go through a dry season in your life and there's no miracles happening. Come on. There's no goosey Holy Ghost spirit feelings that's going on. You, don't, you can't feel God in worship. You can't feel God in your Bible reading. And when those feelings are not there, do you still believe that God is able? I don't have faith in miracles. I have faith in a God. Come on. God is able. I believe in deliverance, but I also believe more in God. I have faith in God, not just faith in miracles. The only deliverance from fear, and that's what these guys were being intimidated with, was the fear of the loss of their life. And there's a real fear, an attitude and a spirit of fear that can come over us if we're not careful. And the government can take away, come on, checks, tax-exempt status for nonprofits. The government can do all kinds of threat. People can threaten your life. People can threaten your friend, their friendship. People can hold back from you. People can threaten you with spreading rumors about you. But the only way to deliver ourselves from fear of man and what man can do is to have a greater fear of God. The Bible, Jesus said, don't fear what man can do to the body, but fear the, but fear the God who can destroy the body and the soul. And I'm not talking about a fear where we're, not, we're afraid of God and afraid to come to God. I'm talking about a reverence and a respect that I have more respect for a God, come on, who, who can rule and reign over this world and has the ability to, come on, to issue resources all over the place, can change situations in just one moment. I have more respect for him than I do of what man can do to this body. And these three men understood that. Our prosperity, safety, and life is not attached to a worldly system or a social ideology. When we do, we are threatened. We are threatened and fear begins to govern us. Live your life with convictions and a greater reverence for God and watch God show up in your fiery furnaces. Watch God begin to come into your situations when you live your life with conviction. Be careful of the small compromises. Sometimes these boys, listen, these young men, what they did was irrational. They stood up when everyone else was kneeling down and bowing down. They stood up above the whole nation. They stood to their feet. Irrational. Just bow down with everybody. 
but they took an irrational action. And sometimes irrational actions will create irrational responses. And maybe God is looking at an irrational action step of faith on your part in your fiery furnace where you're going to have to take a stand for what God has given to you in his word and you do an irrational action and God says, I'm going to show up in an irrational response and God does and he did. Number four, unshaken in confidence. They were unshaken in their conviction and they were unshaken in their confidence. Verses 19 to 23, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude was turned towards them. It changed. And he ordered the furnace seven times hotter. I mean, he's upset at this point. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into this blazing furnace so these men wearing their robes, their trousers, and turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. And the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire fire killed the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men, these three men firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Sometimes, can I just tell you that sometimes taking a stand for your convictions, sometimes... It looks like things may, you would think things would get better for you, but sometimes they get worse. Sometimes God will not remove the challenge, but sometimes the challenge increases. Has anyone, has anyone made a stand for God or you took a step of faith for God and things got worse for you? Come on, somebody. You say, well, you know what? We're going to do some things different at my house. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to clean some things out, some things that have been distracting us from living for God. They're bad, poor witness. We're going to remove some of these things and I'm taking a stand for God. And all of a sudden the enemy begins to show up and it begins to attack you in other ways. Come on, somebody. When you begin to try to take a stand for God, sometimes the challenge increases over your life. It doesn't get easier. Sometimes it gets harder. Sometimes when you say, I know what God, I've resolved in my heart and God wants me to take a huge step of faith here and this is what we're going to do. You know what happens? The enemy's going to do his best to, to convince you that you made a wrong decision. But if you will just hold on tight with confidence like these men and say, man, my God is able to see me through this challenge. God will show up. Unshaken. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Can you imagine that these three guys, when they said we're not going to bow, they thought maybe God would show up before the furnace? And I wonder in your life right now that you're expecting God to show up before the furnaces of your life. I'm talking to somebody this morning. But God didn't never, he never promised us that we would have to, that we would escape mountains or that we would escape furnaces or that we would escape challenges. But what God did promise us is that we may go through, come on, go through challenges. We may go through the furnace and God will show up and go through those times with us. 
Anyone grateful this morning that God, come on, went through the furnace with us? I'd rather have God, I'd rather be in the furnace with God than be on the outside without God. I would rather go through life with challenges knowing that God is with me and carrying me when I can't carry myself than go outside and just everything's going smooth without God and without his presence. Do I have a witness in this building, come on, that knows what life is like without God? That's what David said in the book of Psalms. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Come on, I, I, I have no interest in, I've been to the clubs, I've been out, come on, I've been there. There's no interest, I have no interest in living my life there because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the jacket, but I do know what it's like to go through challenges and go through furnaces and God, come on, God himself be with me and I would rather, come on, have God with me in my furnaces then everything goes smooth without God. And these boys had understood that. Unshaken, number five, in companionship. God was with them. King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet, verse 24, in amazement and asked his advisors, wasn't the three men that we tied up and threw them in the fire? They said, certainly. And he said, look, I see not three, but four men walking around in the fire. They're unbound. Didn't we tie them up? This is what God will do for you. Unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar, that'll preach right there. Come on, somebody. Where's my, where's my ham and organ? Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most, look at the confession of the most high God. He's confessing that his, their God is higher than his God's. And he gets say he really, honestly, his heart is turned now towards God. And he says, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fire. And then all these people gathered around, around them and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads, uh, heads uh, singed and their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. Isn't that powerful? Can I just tell you some things this morning? God may not deliver you from the fire, but he promises to be with you in every fire that you may go through. He's with you this morning. He's with you right now. You may be faced with some challenges, and I'm telling you, God is, uh, come on, confirming to you, I've not left you. My eyes are still on you. In fact, I am with you this morning. And I love what, what was happening. These guys didn't sit down in the fire. These guys weren't pouting in the fire. These guys weren't just like, oh me, what's going on? I can't believe this. These guys were walking around. And what we see here is a Christophany. And this is where God begins to show up in the Old Testament even before Christ, come on, before the cross, Christ reveals himself. This is Christ, the Son of God, walking around with these three guys. Can I just tell you that you may go through persecution and trials. You may not understand why the enemy keeps telling you that you're no good or that, you, that you're, you're worthless or that you don't have no value. But can I tell you that God says, I promise you, you may go through the heat, you may go through the fire, but I will be with you. I will be with you. And how many of you know that we can go through anything if we know that God is with us? Can somebody give God a praise this morning that he is with us. And I wrote this statement down this week and I want you to see this because I feel like it's for somebody today. What was meant to burn you 
will not harm you. You've had some people talk about you. You've had some people throw dirt on you and throw shade over your life. You've had some things that have been messing around and you're, you're, you've been rocked with your confidence a little bit. They tried to take positions away from you. They tried to ruin you with reputation. The enemy has come against you on every side, but can I tell you, listen to me very carefully, what was meant to burn you will not harm you. Instead, it will burn off every weapon and tactic of the enemy that is an attempt to prevent your life from shining with the glory of God. God has one purpose of your fiery furnace this morning. And it's not, the main purpose is not just your deliverance. The main purpose is that Jesus Christ is going to shine through you and people are going to be attracted to the Son of God. Come on, to Jesus Christ because you're coming through with victory. Somebody give God praise this morning. I thought of the scripture verse when God gave me this, put that on my heart. I thought of Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3. He says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and he who have formed you, Israel, do not fear. This was for somebody. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. God knows who you are. I know your name, God says, and I'm calling you. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. In fact, the flames will not even set you ablaze. Why? Because I am the Lord God, come on, of your life. That's for, come on, somebody, that's for somebody this morning. God wants you to know that what you may be feeling and sensing, the challenges that you're going through, it's not going to burn you or harm you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back this morning. Number six is unshaken brings confession. And I love this whole story, how it ends. That Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at the confessionist guy. Here's a king who is so wicked but because he watched these three men as he was trying to persecute them, that God showed up, that he begins to say, their God is the one true God who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defiled, defiled, defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any, any God except their own God. Therefore, I decree... Now, this is so funny. Sometimes I see funny things in the Bible sometimes. All right, so here's this king. He gives his heart to God. He's confessing God. But he's kind of slipping back a little bit, not the way that Jesus would do things. He says, okay, this is the one true God, and I'm going to decree, guys, that the people of any nation or language who say anything against their God, I'm going to cut them into pieces, and their houses will be turned into piles of rubble. <laughs> Come on, you know you prayed. Come on, you prayed for... For Jim at work, he's been tormenting you. You say, God save Jim, God save Jim. And just one day, he's, Jim has just really aggravated you. God, I pray just let Jim break a leg today or something. Get him, God. So here's King Nebuchadnezzar. He's confessing God, but he's going to burn the people and cut them into pieces if they don't believe on God. Well, okay, so Nebuchadnezzar's got some work to do, all right? And then he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm going to tell you, there's a promotion coming. God will never allow his people to go through challenges without promoting you. 
and there's promotion. And I'm going to say these two things to you today, that fiery challenges will cause the fame of God to spread. And is that not where we're at today, that we want, come on, we want the name of God and the fame of God to spread across this world. There are millions of people that need to turn their heart to Christ, and some of them have not experienced the love of God. And don't we want, we don't want to be just right. We don't want to beat our chest and say, oh, I told you, world, you better straighten up. I told you I was right. That's not what we want. I want God to show up so we can say it was all God. And I want their hearts to turn to God. Come on, does anyone want the world to turn to Jesus Christ? And the fame of God will spread through your fiery furnace. And secondly, coming through the fire will always bring promotion. And we're going to worship with this last song. And here's what I want you to think about and pray over today. I I read years ago, I read an article about how uh, clay pots were put into a fiery furnace, a, a kill an oven they would place these pots in the oven and before technology and before they could regulate the temperature very well that a good potter would sit and watch the clay inside the oven and the potter not only looked at the visual effects that was happening inside the heat or the furnace but he also would turn his ear to the furnace and there was a certain sound that would come from the pottery almost like a whistling or a singing sound if you listen real closely And the potter knew that it was time to take out this clay pot. Today even there's a a technique that they'll take it out, they'll bake it about 20, what is it, 1,800 degrees to 2,200 degrees. They'll put uh, put these pots into the fiery furnace and they'll take it out, let it cool down and place it back in one more time just to harden it and it begins to really put a good, just a good bake on that pot. And as they pull it out, they can take a piece of metal or something that can just kind of thump that that clay and thump that glass, and it begins to sing with this beautiful sound. Can I just tell you this morning that God, come on, He's our potter and we are the clay, and you may be going through one of the worst trials of your life, the fiery furnaces of your life. Can I tell you, God knows, come on, God knows when the when to take us out and maybe he's looking for us not to be pouting not to be sulking but maybe he's looking for a praise to come out of his people to say God I thank you that you're with me even through the fire God is looking for a church we may be persecuted but I'm going to tell you this if we will still lift up the praise of God and sing our praise to him God will come on deliver his people do you believe that if you do stand to your feet and give God a big praise this morning praise him that he's a God As they sing this song, I want you to think about some challenges that you may be going through and I want you to begin to speak what you know to be true about God over your life. Is he a deliverer? Is God able? Is he a healer? Does he love you with an everlasting love? Does he know exactly what you're going through? And will not God bring support Will he not strengthen you through the most challenging times of your life? Will not God show up? And we say, come on, a thousand times, yes, he will. Can you lift your hands to the Lord right now? And I want you to talk to him for a moment. Come on, let's sing this. And I want you to begin to elevate and lift your praise to God. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. 
If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text CONNECTNC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.